0: Everyone has something in their life that can be a stressor, but some people deal with their situations in more positive ways in order to take control. It's not difficult. You can do this, too. Welcome to Thinking Hypnotically, Living Mindfully with your host, Rusty Williams. In this program, you'll learn how using hypnosis and mindfulness can lessen the stress and strengthen your life. Now, here is Rusty Williams.
1: Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to another Wednesday. Yes, in case you've lost track of time, it is Wednesday, depending on when you're listening to this. If you're listening to this as a podcast, well, pick a day because it could be any day. Um, And just a reminder real quick, uh, don't forget to check out our website, njhypnosistraining.com. You can email me directly at 13.rwilliams at gmail or check out our Facebook page, NJ hypnosis training, and I have something exciting to share before we even get go any further. I am going for I'm I'm going to try to be to make it into the Guinness Book of World Records. I don't know if this category exists, but I'd like to share it with everyone. You'll be the first to hear it. My wife doesn't even know this, and I'm going to share it with you. I am going for the world record for the most consecutive days wearing the same pair of sweatpants. So right now I am at five. Uh, I will let you know how this goes on. i got to check and see if it is a category. But I don't know about you, but it feels like uh, rolling out of bed and, and getting up. We've lost that routine. And I think our guest is going to share a little bit about the importance of being finding a routine. But anyway, that's what I'm going for. So there's my TMI for you to start this show. And speaking of this show, since the beginning, since its inception, since Voice America reached out to me, we decided that the name of this show would be Thinking Hypnotically, Living Mindfully. And up until now, we've been talking about ways to live mindfully. The show, the episodes have been dedicated to either mindfulness, and that is learning how to live in the present moment, to be fully present, to experience everything, and use that in ways that really benefit us and can change, actually change our, our, the, the way we think, the way our brain works. And we also talked about how hypnosis can positively impact our lives in so many ways, whether we've learned self-hypnosis or we go to someone who is a hypnotist and they work with us so that we can make positive changes in our lives. So we've been talking about, and the show title has been, Thinking Hypnotically, Living Mindfully. Well, today we're going to flip things over we're going to think think of this as a pancake that's been sitting on the griddle and it's it's done on one side so now it's time to use the spatula pick it up and we're going to flip things over today we're going to talk about we're going to devote the the show's topic to how we can live hypnotically and you might remember my description of hypnosis from way way back in the beginning you might also remember I told you that if you lined up 12 hypnotists, you would probably get 12 different definitions of hypnosis. If you lined up 20, you might get 20 different definitions. And if you recall, I shared that it's not so much a definition in my mind as the way I describe hypnosis. And because the way my mind and brain work, I need to keep things simple or I just get lost in my own thoughts. So you might remember that the way I described hypnosis is when we narrow our focus and we become absorbed in something. So it's the narrowing of the focus and the absorption. And that's just the way I describe it. And so using that as the foundation, we're fortunate to have a very special guest, someone with expertise in, in teaching people how to live hypnotically. Joining us today is Kelly Woods. Kelly is an award-winning certified clinical hypnotherapist in Washington State. She's an interna- internationally known hypnosis expert and instructor And has written several books that are used by hypnotists all over the world. Kelly is a board member of the International Certification Board of Clinical Hypnotherapists and is a co-founder of Hope Coaching, utilizing mindful hypnosis to help clients who suffer chronic issues. And as if that's not enough to keep her busy, Kelly also holds a second degree black belt in karate. Kelly, welcome to the show, my friend.
2: Hey, thank you, Rusty.
1: It's it's great to have you. And... What I should have also included in that introduction is I feel fortunate to not only know Kelly professionally, but to be able to call her friend. So, and I mean that with all sincerity, Kelly, I am fortunate to be able to call you a friend. And as a friend, Kelly, who is out in Washington State, has gotten up early this morning to be with us. So I am very appreciative and I'm grateful that that you've done that, Kelly. So let's jump right into it, can we?
2: Well, Rusty, I just want to say that that friendship might be taxed if you're still wearing those sweatpants when we
1: next meet. <laughs> well, I, well it's, it's the Guinness Book of World Records. Come on, I got to at least give it a shot, but hopefully, hopefully it'll be over by then. I did say sweatpants, not underwear, although I, maybe I'll look into that. And I, I, my, <laughs> my listeners know that my life's an open book with them, so this shouldn't come as a shock. So my description of hypnosis, and I'm not, I don't want to put you on the spot. Is it similar to yours? Do you have, I mean, you certainly can give what you consider hypnosis to be. So, And, and I also think, and I, I don't want to put you on the spot, but I'm going to because we're friends. How did you get into hypnosis? Because I, I love your story. I love listening to you share your story. I think our listeners, it, w- it would benefit them. So they have an idea of who's talking here. Can you just share a little bit about that and then what you feel hypnosis is?
2: Sure. Um. Well, I came from a background of being an entrepreneur most of my adult life. And I had, almost 20 years ago, sold a small business that I'd owned and was looking around for the next great thing to focus on. And in the meantime, I was doing some online dating. And I had a date with a gentleman. I didn't fall in love with him, but... I fell in love with what he was talking about. He was a clinical hypnotherapist. And as, almost as soon as I got home that night, I started researching. And as luck would have it or fate, within a month, there was a one-year certification course um, right in my hometown. And I signed up for it, and the rest is history. So I've been practicing now for 18 years here in in my county in Washington State.
1: And almost 20 years of experience has given you... Not only knowledge, but Kelly's books are phenomenal, and I loved Hope Coaching Practitioners Guide. That was, I think, the first book I, I received of yours. But your wisdom is something that that is shared by, and you share freely and so easily with, with hypnotists. So, am I close with my description of hypnosis in your mind?
2: I love your description of hypnosis, especially of of clinical hypnosis or even stage hypnosis, and when. When I'm talking about living hypnotically, and that's been a theme of mine for the last several years, um, there's a little bit of a different twist to it, and really the best way to introduce you and your audience to this is to share a story, because I think every great interview has a good story to it.
1: I and can't this, wait.
2: <laughs> this one is about my son, and he's now 26 years old, but when he was a bit younger, he was attending a college Uh, here across the water from Seattle, and every Friday night, he'd come over to Seattle and go, he'd come over on the ferry and go to his favorite Italian restaurant, and one fall, he was doing that, and he'd enjoyed a good meal. He was walking back to the ferry terminal. It was a dark and stormy night, and out of the corner of his eye, Rusty, he saw something unusual, And as he looked, he noticed it was a man in a wheelchair hurtling down the street. And we have some steep streets in Seattle. And so, Sakari, my son, dashed out into the street and, you know, slowed this guy down, got him over to the sidewalk and started to talk to him. And this was a disabled veteran who was homeless living on the streets of Seattle. His name was Fred. And he and Sakari had a a great conversation. Sakri gave him his leftover dinner. They shared that affinity for pasta and some cash. And then it was time for him to make his way to the ferry. It was the last run of the evening. He got on the ferry and it was still stormy and the, the boat was rolling back and forth. And he was tired. It had been a great day. But he noticed fairly close by, there was an older woman who was obviously distressed and looked quite anxious she was uncomfortable with that motion of the boat. And although Sakri was tired and had really had enough conversation, he made his way over to her and started to talk to her. After a while, she told him that every Friday, she goes over to Seattle to visit her son. He's a homeless veteran who lives on the streets of Seattle, and his name is Fred. And as you can imagine, uh, Sakri smiled and said, I met, I met your son. He was a great guy. And she looked at him, and she burst into tears, and she said, you, you just don't know what it means to me that someone was kind to my child. And they had a great conversation. They both felt really good about that, and eventually the ferry arrived at its destination, and this woman lived a few blocks away, and it was still dark and stormy and raining hard by this time so my son offered her a ride to her apartments he gave her a ride and they chatted for a bit at the door and then he left her and made his way several miles to where he resided and as he drove into his uh, apartment complex and approached his his unit his friends who lived he lived with came running out of the, the front door and they waved at him and they, and they yelled out and they said, Sakari, if you had been here even 10 minutes sooner, your car would be under that. And they pointed towards his parking spot where lie a huge tree. And this is an example of living hypnotically. Now, Rusty, my son calls it living cinematically. When he told me this story, he said, Mom, it's like I'm in a movie. But I'm the director of it.
1: Oh, I love that.
2: Yes. And these kinds of things happen to him all the time. And this was several years ago. And it really made the light bulb go on in my mind. And I started paying more attention to how I was paying attention. Mm -hmm. And I have to say that, you know, I, I don't call it living cinematically. I call it living hypnotically. And my life is similar amazing things, people and places and experiences almost seem to be magnetized to me. And yet I know that I'm the one that's making that happen. And so it's been my focus over the last couple of years to help other people live hypnotically in a helpful way. And of course, right now, we've got a big story going on in our world. And the way that people are paying attention to it is going to determine you know their their levels of experience, their suffering of it, or possibly their joy of. it.
1: So, if you could define, I love that story. It's it's it, to me it means to just be open to the things around us, and whether we act on them, and we can't act on it unless we're open to noticing them. And maybe that comes back to the mindfulness part. But if you had to give a definition, what how would you define? Living hypnotically, that was a great uh, example of it. Do, do you define it, or do you just say it is whatever you think it is, whoever it is that you're talking to?
2: No, I think specifically, we when we think about the way that we pay attention, um, you know your initial definition of hypnosis is a great example of that. That is specifically um, with intention, paying attention in a focused way. And we can even call that selective attention, which is very powerful. But there's also some layers inside of that. A lot of people make the mistake of paying attention in unhelpful ways. It's almost like they have an automatic filter to look for the drama or the catastrophe. Or even worse, they're not even in the present. They're in the future thinking about what they're afraid might happen which we know is quite problematic from a hypnotist point of view, because sure. when they're doing that, they're laying down a blueprint. It's almost, you know, it's been, it's been said that worrying is like praying for something bad to happen. And so, when we intentionally focus on the things in life that are helpful in the present, some magical things begin to appear to us, and we're also giving that instruction to our subconscious mind that this is what we want in our life. And it falls into alignment with that.
1: What we focus on, I'm going to paraphrase from, your. you and I are familiar with his work, Michael Yapko, the, the psychologist and the, the hypnotist out in, I believe, California. I believe his quote was, what we focus on, we amplify in our experience, so, if we focus on the good, we tend to amplify the good. Is that a good way of of explaining that? And if we were to focus on the worry, the fear, um, the the pain, the suffering, we amplify that, and our subconscious, like you said, creates then the the blueprint almost like a roadmap?
2: Yes, I believe so because um, what a lot of people don't know is that that part of our our mind, those the subconscious unconscious thought processes, are. They're not the logical, rational part of our thinking. And so that they just take in that input and respond to it and begin to move toward it. And really, this is all brain science. You know, I love hypnosis because it's an art, but it's also a science. And anything that we do repetitively becomes a habit and our thoughts can be habits. And those patterns then get strengthened through the neural pathways and we automatically begin to turn our focus onto those less than helpful topics.
1: And so we can just as easily, I won't say easily, but if it's true that we catastrophize things and, and we think about the worry and the fear and what's going to happen, our brain can also be rewired, so to speak, and those neural pathways can be strengthened if we think the opposite, if we start looking for the positive things, even if it's just a sliver of hope, even if it's just a little one ray of sunshine, does that act as a catalyst for our brain then to start getting in that habit of mind and start thinking differently?
2: It certainly does. And not only does it strengthen those types of neural pathways, it collapses those ones that are not helpful. And so in this way, I teach people how to be their own brain scientist, how to be able to restructure those thought patterns and to create patterns of thought that are going to be inspiring to them and that will allow them to live hypnotically, to live cinematically like my son and myself do.
1: To seek out the good, to seek out the positive, and also, I guess, to be open to it and not kind of, and you talked about the power of the unconscious mind, and this is what, as you're talking, it it dawned on me. You know, so often we negate things when we see something. We say, "Ah, we it, that that's not really important." Whether it's something we see on our walk, your son could have very easily looked the other way because he had other things to do that night. Is it? Is it paying attention to that little, soft, sometimes quiet voice in the back of our mind that's giving us? Because we're so used to the to the negative self-talk, right? The, the, the that that crap that that sometimes just takes over our our thoughts and and the talk in the back of our mind. Is it that little quiet voice that's sometimes even whispering, hey, stop for a moment and notice this?
2: It absolutely is. And it starts with doing this with intention, but in a very short amount of time, Rusty, it becomes automatic. So that the mind starts to be in in that role almost in an autopilot. And this is the difference This is the difference between trying to think positive thoughts and developing a positive mindset. There's a real distinction between those.
1: And I would love to hear more about that. We're coming up um, on a break in, in just a few seconds. So maybe on the other side of this break, Kelly, if it's okay, you can talk about that difference of trying to think positively as opposed to developing that positive mindset, that that habit of mind almost, where we, we start thinking about things as just a habit without even worrying about thinking about them and then maybe you can talk about if there's things that prevent us from living what you say hypnotically um what can we do and is there any skills that that we can develop is that fair maybe we can talk about that on the other side of the break i look forward to it great and we will be right back after these words with kelly woods talking about living hypnotically
0: Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. You're listening to Thinking Hypnotically, Living Mindfully. To reach the program today, you're welcome to call in to 1 888 346 9141. That's 1 888 346 9141. If you'd rather send Rusty an email, his email address is 13.rwilliams at gmail.com. Now back to Thinking Hypnotically, Living Mindfully.
1: Oh, welcome back, everybody. We are joined this morning, today, depending on what time you're listening to this, with Kelly Woods. And Kelly, before we go any further, for our listeners, where can they find you? Is there a way, is there social media they can follow you on if they want to contact you? What's the best way that they can stalk you on the internet?
2: Okay. Yeah, I, I do have a page on, actually, I don't have a page. It's just my profile on Facebook, Kelly T. Woods. K-E-L-L-E-Y is my unique spelling, and they can contact me through my website, which is woodshypnosis.com.
1: Woodshypnosis.com or Kelly, K-E-L-L-E-Y-T Woods on Facebook. Awesome. And if they wanted to contact you, um, I'm assuming there's a contact link on your page.
2: Yes, and and there is on my website also
1: on your, on your website. And, I, and the reason I say that is I have a feeling our listeners are going to want to learn more. And you are Kelly and I talked before, just before the show started in the in the introduction part of the show, the first couple of minutes. Um, Kelly's been busy. You, you've been busy. I mean, you, this what's going on? You're you're still working with people. You're still helping people, not just with. The coronavirus and this health crisis, but people's lives are still going on and they still, we still, I'll put myself in that category, we still have some of the same issues, some of the same challenges that we've always had. That This hasn't made those go away. So you are saying fairly steady work, correct?
2: Yes, of course, I'm not seeing uh, clients in my physical office, I have a home office, and I've been doing online hypnosis sessions for years with people. So, fortunately, I'm I'm really comfortable with that and didn't have a, a big learning curve. Like, and that's, that, you know, and that's why I want to,
1: yeah, me, 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 right here. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm pointing to myself, yeah. So, that's why I wanted to make sure that people knew if they were interested. Kelly is phenomenal. Um, so, Kelly, before the break, we talked about the difference between, I think – trying to think positive and having a positive mindset. What keeps people? Is there anything that keeps people from being in that positive mindset? And if if it is, is there a way, an easy way to get over it? Or is there a way that you can do work with people to help them develop this skill? Let's start with what's the difference between trying to I, – I just want to think – and it's it's hard, I know, because the more you tell someone to stop worrying – well, all you have to do if you're married is tell your wife not to be upset. That's from personal experience. It usually doesn't work very well. It only makes matters worse. So what's the difference between trying to, you know, I just want to think positive, I just want to think positive, and developing that positive mindset?
2: Well, you know, just for for many people, and especially people who have chronic issues and you know, I define chronic issues as anything that's been around for six months or longer. So when you think about it, Rusty, that's a lot of the things that people present to us as hypnotists to for sure. to find some kind of change work. You know, whether that is, you know, levels of depression or anxiety or excess stress or, you know, some of the chronic habits they're changes that they're seeking for stopping smoking or changing eating habits. Obesity certainly is a chronic issue. Um, insomnia, so so many of these these things that people struggle with are chronic. They've been around for a long time. They've been trying to think their way out of this stuff for a long time and, and found it that it hasn't really worked. And that's because, of course, they're speaking to the wrong part of their mind. Mm-hmm. I often um, equate that to, trying to make some kind of corporate change by going to the receptionist and the reality is that you need to go to the ceo that's what we do is we help people talk to that real manager the the subconscious and so when they're trying to exert the power of positive thinking it's not sustainable and there's even research that that supports this for people who suffer from depression and and chronic anxiety for example just trying to think positive thoughts can even do the opposite because they can't stay in that state for long and it frustrates them and sinks them into even um, greater depths so instead developing a positive mindset by using even these principles of neuroplasticity of directing their attention towards These ideas in their life, even in their imagination, because that part of the mind doesn't know the difference between reality and fantasy, can start to develop that positive mindset for them so that after even a fairly short amount of time, they move into self-regulation. Their mind learns to go into these pathways. And, you know, uh, there's a metaphor of making a trail through the forest, and this this demonstrates that that how the neural pathways are created and strengthened. And the first time that you walk that path, it's you're carving a new pathway. And after you've walked it several times, it's pretty delineated. After you've walked it a hundred times, wow, it's even starting to become a rut. A thousand times, it might become a ditch. Ten thousand times, here you have a trench where the brain and the nervous system doesn't even remember that there's a different way to go through the forest. So with hypnosis, we help people divert off of that onto other more helpful pathways. And through repetition, then that old one that wasn't really serving them starts to grow over and the new ones strengthen. And so this is one of the ways that this positive mindset can be developed just through the repeated, first intentional um, application of maybe some of the tools that we give people, whether it's self-hypnosis or mindfulness, or just enlightening them to the fact that they've been paying attention to life in the wrong way. And you ask me, what keeps people? from living hypnotically and that's exactly what's keeping them is that they've been paying attention to those things in life that are not helpful and you may notice Rusty that I use this language of helpful and unhelpful rather than positive or negative or good or bad because we can just remove judgment we know what things are helpful and what things are not helpful
1: great advice
2: yeah you know I I I've coined a term, and maybe it's not mine because we know that sometimes we think we come up with these great ideas and they've they've already existed. (laughs) But um, I have a term for the subconscious mind. I call it the great eavesdropper because it's always paying attention. It never sleeps. And this great eavesdropper is taking in a feed and I think a lot of people in modern society understand that word "feed." We think about it when we when we're engaged in our social media, for example. Yeah. But that feed that that feed comes from so many different sources. Uh, as a child, your feed came from your parents. It came from your teachers. It came from your religious leaders. It came from the television. It came from celebrities but the most important source of that feed are your own thoughts. You'd mentioned negative self-talk earlier, and certainly the inner dialogue, the things that we think about, the things that we say to ourselves every day are making a massive influence on that great eavesdropper. That eavesdropper is just taking that in from those different sources and creating those blueprints for life, creating the impressions that we have about ourselves. And this is where motivation can be created. This is also where um, limitation is created. And so when we understand how we're influenced by that feed, then we can start to filter it. Now, I watch very little uh, network television, I, or even cable news, I'm I, I'm really careful about inputting that stuff. Even before uh, you know the pandemic, most of it is pretty um, sensational. It's not the news that I grew up with. You know, I, I miss Walter Cronkite. He gave the news. Now it's a lot of editorializing. It's opinions, and the we know that the television is the great hypnotizer of of all hollywood even has a term and you've heard this before rusty suspending disbelief and this is what right this is what happens when we are watching a movie In a very short while, we're not thinking about the fact that these are actors, that there's a film crew behind the scenes, but we're laughing with the characters or crying with the storyline, and we have effectively suspended disbelief. And when that happens, our subconscious mind opens up and is so receptive, so responsive to that feed, that input. And of course, advertisers know this. And that is why, that's why. Um, advertising in that medium is so effective because pretty soon people begin to believe that McDonald's really sells food, <laughs> <laughs> or whatever, whatever else is is advertised there. Especially when it's uh, presented in a re- repetitive manner, because repetition again is key whatever we're exposed to over and over again, starts to sink into our belief system, starts to program us. I love the metaphor of our mind being like a computer. And, you know, those initial programs that were created when we were young can stick. You know, I, I, I know that as a, as children, we learn that sugar is a great thing, isn't it? It's related to everything wonderful, those holidays and rewards and grandma's baking. So that program gets downloaded very early on, especially in our culture. And then it runs in default. And I know you have this happen, you have people coming into your office as I do who are in their 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s and older and they're still eating sugar like they're five years old despite all of their conscious desire to move away from it maybe for health reasons or maybe just you know, for a, some other reason and yet they seem to be incapable of turning that sugar away and that's and that
1: because that I was going to say that that represents the power of the unconscious mind
2: it really does that. That program is downloaded and is stuck in there. And you know, the subconscious mind isn't say isn't judging whether this is a good or bad. It's a thing. It yeah. it learned that this was this was a positive thing, a helpful thing, and it sticks to it until it is told otherwise. And so, with hypnosis, we can um, inform it to what the person really wants in the now. Sure. So. You know getting back to what is preventing people from living hypnotically, it it's number one, it's how they're paying attention to things in their life. And number two, it's that feed. Are they filtering that feed? And how do we change negative self-talk? this is this is a great question. Can we just start telling ourselves affirmations, positive thoughts that will Change the negative. Yes, that can work. Affirmations are a wonderful thing if they're done repetitively, if they're constructed correctly with the right language. You you had mentioned earlier about um, telling your wife not to worry or something or not to be upset, yeah. and so of course that just reminds her of those things (laughs) of worrying and being upset. And so, you know, the language structure is certainly very important and reframing how we're thinking about things instead of don't worry. It could be um, breathe deeply and, and let yourself be calm. So having, having the right language is important and hypnotists can teach clients how to do that. I, I see my role primarily as an instructor with my clients. I want to give them the skill sets so that they're not dependent on me. Certainly, spontaneous, wonderful things can happen and do happen within our sessions, but I also want to give them the tools so that they can start to change and develop that positive mindset for themselves. And and I think that's the difference between having them over for a wonderful fish dinner or teaching them how to fish and cook it, right?
1: There you go. And I, I love that we, we, you talked about teaching, and, and I've said this numerous times on this show, that as hypnotists, if we're not teaching our clients something, we're doing them a disservice. And as a business model on its own, and, and I share this with my clients as well, and, and you, you brought it up, which made me think, just jogged my, my memory, is that our goal isn't to have a, a client forever and ever and ever and ever, As a business model, it's not that great because we're looking at two, three, four sessions and we're hoping we can give them the skills that they need where they no longer need us. And when I share that with people just in general conversations, they kind of look at me and say, well, how is that sustainable as a business? And it's amazing that as hypnotists, we understand this and see it over and over again. And the ethical hypnotists say it's pretty easy. And and I love you know, the fact that you talked about teaching people skills.
2: It really is, and and this is the truth that you know we might see clients for a handful of sessions. They and you know they there's two sides to that. They come in our life, and we get to have this rather intimate, um, personal relationship with them as we're helping them make life changes, and then they launch out on their own. And sometimes they cycle back if if. If they need us again, but um, I think it's amazing, and I I always feel that way that I've launched them out into the world, and and now they're going to be able to fly on their own. And when I do hear from these clients, maybe sometimes years later, I the lessons that they've learned in our interactions have stuck, and they're so happy to report back. they you know how they've been able to apply those to other areas of their life.
1: And it's not, very and I- rewarding. And I was gonna say if nothing else, the satisfaction and the rewards from that. You know, people ask, you know, why why I do this, why I got into this, and it this the selfish part of it, for me at least, is it is so rewarding to see the rapid change in people who have gone have tried just about everything sometimes. But then like you said, to hear back from them months, years later and, and they say you Things are going great. I, I can't believe I can't believe it. It worked. And how many times do we hear that? But it, it, there there is there is that reward to it.
2: It it's true. And the truth is, Rusty, that we can work for the rest of our lives and never even touch a fraction of the people that need us.
1: Sure. And and um, there's a whole lot of people out there, right? Well, yes. You had talked about teaching. Um, you want. Your, your one of your goals is your clients to learn things so that they're not so reliant on you. In fact, so they are no longer reliant on you. Maybe on the other side of the break, you and I can talk about how you... Is it possible to hypnotize people to have this ability to live hypnotically? Is it is it something that that we can work on ourselves? Do we have to go to somebody and someone like like Kelly and 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 be hypnotized? Is this something we can practice on our own? And then maybe we can even and when I say we, notice how I'm saying we. Maybe Kelly, you can share whether it's a technique you want to call it a, a practice, you want to call it whatever it is you want to call it, so our clients can learn how to maybe rid themselves of some of the emotions, some of the crap that they don't need that's in their head. And maybe we can do that on the other side of this break if that's that's agreeable and amenable to you.
2: Oh, I'd love to do that.
1: All right. So on the other side of this break, we'll be talking about how we can develop this mindset when, again, we, Kelly's going to be talking about it. You make this very easy, Kelly, by the way. And then, and then maybe uh, we'll, we'll share a technique that Kelly has that'll help everyone move forward in these uncertain times. And we'll get to that right on the other side of this break.
0: It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com.
3: You need to live up to your full potential. You've heard that for years, but now there's a channel to help you get there
0: listening to Thinking Hypnotically, Living Mindfully. To reach the program today, you're welcome to call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send Rusty an email, his email address is 13.rwilliams at gmail.com. Now back to Thinking Hypnotically, Living Mindfully.
1: Well, welcome back. Welcome back, I'm joined with Kelly Woods. And Kelly, one more time for our listeners. Um, what's the website? What's the best way they can contact you? Where can they find out a little more about you?
2: They're welcome to contact me through my website, which is woodshypnosis.com.
1: Perfect, woodshypnosis.com. And there you can read up and, and learn more about Kelly. And if you want to get a hold of her, there's the contact page. And I highly recommend listening to her. I, Kelly, I don't know if you remember, we were in a... It was a class, I believe, for either medical hypnosis um, in Las Vegas, and I was having some pain with my chronic pain issue. And you looked at me, and you said, well, let's get rid of it real quick. And there was about 30 seconds later, and I remember sitting there going, how did she do that? So I'm, I'm, I'm sharing that just so the listeners know. Um, Kelly is the real deal, and I, someone that I would highly recommend, and who knows, maybe you'll even have me on one of your Zoom sessions in the future. Uh, I I, I could be your client from hell, but who knows? Um, I'm not exactly compliant when it comes to medical stuff. My doctors will tell you. Um, So before the break, we talked about um, how we can, we we talked about the things that might block us from uh, living hypnotically. Is this a special skill, Kelly, that only certain people have? I know a lot of times I get asked, can anyone be hypnotized? Is this something that, all of us can practice, all of us can learn, and if so, is it difficult? I mean, it, or do you have to be hypnotized to do this? How, how would you handle that question?
2: Well, that that's a great question, especially your last question. I, I'm i a believer that we're all existing in some kind of trance at any time, mm-hmm. and, you know, um, some people are in a pain trance. You know what that feels like. Some people yeah. are in a eating trance. How many people will relate to the idea of sitting down and eating a, a bowl of chips in front of the television and then realizing that the bowl was empty and they never really even got to enjoy them. So, they go and get another bowl full. And, you know, so right now, we're kind of in a trance during this pandemic. Uh, and it's a, it's a fear trance, certainly, for most people. And some of that is very justifiable. Their Their security is threatened. But when life is relatively normal. i um, I found it helpful to provide kind of a, a model of time to people. And they can, when they understand this model, they can do a self assessment very easily. And this comes from a an online video from RSA Animate called The Secret Powers of Time. You can just Google that on YouTube and watch it yourself if you're interested. But there's a piece in it that really struck me a few years ago and I've been using this as a model. And it posits that we're living in any one of six places in time at any time. We might be living in the past in a positive or negative state. We might be living in the future in a positive or negative state, or we could be right here in the now in a positive or a negative state. Now, examples of this would be if we're having nostalgia for a wonderful time in our life, we're thinking back on those fond memories, we're in the past in a positive state. If we're thinking about something terrible that happened to us, some you know someone who did something bad to us, for example, then we're living in the past in a negative state. If we are looking forward to a celebration, to a good meal, we're living in the future in a positive state. If we're stuck in a state of anxiety, we're worrying about our future, we're living in the future in a negative state. And then we have the now. Now, for most of us, most of the time, we're okay right in this moment. One of my colleagues, Richard Nongard, likes to say, if I'm breathing, I'm okay. And I love that, especially right now, you know, yeah. when we're all being very aware of the power of our breath and, and lung health. But for some people, right now, they're not okay. They might be suffering from pain. They might be having something scary happening to them. And when we use this model of time, I ask my clients if they're feeling anxiety, where are they on this? If they're feeling Pain, emotional pain, where are they on this? If they're feeling physical pain, where are they on this? And if it's not working for them, they can move. For someone who's having chronic pain, for example, they can take themselves back to their vacation in Hawaii on the beach. Or perhaps they're going to take themselves into the future, into an alternate or parallel universe where their pain has been resolved, their body has healed, and their nervous system has um, recovered. So, we have that choice. We can use the power of our thoughts to move along that line. Now, this again is a skill that, that can be developed, but it starts with awareness. And just asking yourself, where am I in this moment on this time model can be a great way to begin
1: Perfect. That's, so it, it can be as simple as, as that, and I think a lot of times, and I've said this before on this show, we're, we almost program ourselves to think that in order for something to be resolved, and it could, any area of life, the more steps it has, the more complexity it has, the better it is. And in reality, so often it's the simplest solutions that are the best and that are the most helpful, to use a word that you've used.
2: Well, and and I think it starts with awareness, so they could use that model. And then I like to teach my clients a specific tool that comes from NLP, neurolinguistic programming, and we use NLP within hypnosis a lot. Many people are using NLP without even knowing that they are. It's an art and a science of influence. Salespeople use it. Politicians use it. And I like to teach my clients how to use it so they can influence themselves. And Um, I'd like to just walk you and your audience through this simple technique. There are just three steps to it, and it's very easy to do, and it plays with those neural pathways, and we're also going to have a a kinesthetic, a physical application to it. And so, what I'd like, like you to do is just bring up some topic that maybe stresses you out, and please, for your audience, don't do anything really huge because we're doing this over the air and, and uh, I'm not there with you, but just something that's bugging you. It might even have been an interaction with someone that left you feeling out of sorts. Or maybe it's just your level of worry or anxiety about the current situation. I'll let you choose. And just bring that to mind. And as you do, you can notice where you feel that in your body, because our bodies are always responding to whatever we're thinking about, whatever is on our mind. And you can even kind of measure that, Rusty. So if zero is none of that response and 10 is, you know, a high intensity, kind of see where you are on that scale. This is helpful for measurement of this lesson. And then, good, as you're feeling that, with your right hand, I want you just to make a fist. We're going to associate that physical gesture with the neural pathways that are managing this unhelpful feeling. And just hold it for a few moments. It doesn't take long. And then relax your hand. Open it up again. And I'd like you just to take a nice deep cleansing breath. One of those good belly breaths where you're breathing in. And then exhale fully. We can use the breath like this to move from one state to another. And then what I'd like you to do is in the privacy of your mind, just step into your idea of a perfect day. You're doing something that you enjoy. You feel great. Your body is comfortable. Your mind is peaceful. Your heart is happy. Your spirit's playful. It's a great hair day. (laughs) And as you do that with your opposite hand, with your left hand, make a fist. We're going to associate or anchor that physical gesture with the neural pathways maintaining this more helpful state. And again, it doesn't take long. You just hold it for a few moments. And then relax that hand. Take another nice, deep, cleansing breath. And now, this is the third step of this very simple technique. I want you to place both hands into fists. We're activating both of those anchors at the same time. And we just count backwards five, four, three, two, one. Another nice, deep breath. And as you exhale, you can open your hands and just enjoy how you're feeling now. How are you feeling, Rusty? Feel pretty good?
1: Yeah, I really do.
2: It's amazing, isn't it? And of course, you could check in with that original stressed out feeling, whatever you were thinking of, but the whole point of this is to be able to move out of it. And what we've done, and there's an actual physiological shift that happens in the brain, is that we've collapsed that initial one. It's kind of an order of operations. Your brain cannot be in touch with both of them at the same time, so it's going to go with the most recent one, which was that helpful state. And this will work every time. And if listeners find that it brought that initial um, uncomfortable feeling down a bit, but it's still lingering, they can just do that again. And through repetition, this starts to restructure those neural pathways until in a very short while, your brain, your nervous system starts to self regulate and you start living. In those helpful states, and you can be like me and like my son.
1: I love the simplicity of this, Kelly. And, and you and I, we, we call this different things, whether it's collapsing anchors or I believe you call it your emotional detox. Um, I, I love the, the, the collapsing anchors. Um, I just want to make sure our listeners understand that this because the brain picks up, the, goes with the last thing, is that's the positive one. So we That's do the when
2: they're left one. with.
1: Right. So, so we do the, the negative one first and then the positive
2: one. Right. And what's great about this is that positive one can be anything they want that would be appropriate for wherever they are, whatever they want to be doing. So they get to customize it. And if listeners want a template, I can certainly email that to them if they just contact me through their through my website. Because sometimes, just sometimes, when people... Spend time with me. They they walk away going, "Wow, that was great." But what happened?
1: <laughs> yeah, they do. So, then that would be woodshypnosis.com. com. Right. Perfect. I, Kelly, I want to thank you um, again for g- not just giving up your morning. I mean, you know, I, I appreciate the fact that you were, you know, up and and willing to to put aside the things that you would normally be doing this time of day to. To share with our audience but I also want to thank you for sharing you know the, the, the difference and I love this analogy there's what's the different difference between knowledge and wisdom knowledge is knowing that a tomato is a fruit wisdom is knowing not to put it in fruit salad so <laughs> I love I, I want to thank you for not just sharing your wisdom but for sh- not just for sharing your knowledge I should say but for sharing your wisdom with all of us I think I know for a fact that I'm better off for having you on the show and I'm sure our listeners feel the same way so Kelly Woods I want to thank you so much for being my guest today where we learned how to live hypnotically be open to all that stuff and that will wrap it up for this week everybody stay safe be careful out there and we'll talk to you again soon bye bye
0: Thank you for joining us this week for Thinking Hypnotically, Living Mindfully. Your host, Rusty Williams, invites you to tune in again next Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time and 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll talk again next week.